You're listening to The Solution, a podcast by Growers Mineral. I'm your host, Russell Bobel. This week, Marguerite Fall sat down with our own Jim Hallbison and Zach Smith to discuss each of their articles in our monthly newsletter. They discussed Jim's article on water quality and environmental regulations. Check back next week to hear the discussion on Zach's piece on soil microbials. Before I send it over to them, make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. Thanks for thanks for joining me, guys. Um, I just wanted to start out by reiterating your message, Jim. You had a really clear message here um, about water quality and um, runoff from from agriculture. And I, I know I know you're in Canada, Zach, but a big part of the discussion here in the U.S. is are we going to regulate our water with legislation – or not our – sorry, not our water, our um, farmers with legislation that they can't use as much fertilizer. So Jim's point in the newsletter was um, farmers need to figure out how to grow crops with less fertilizer before the politicians require agricultural producers to reduce fertilizer through legislation. So tell me a little bit about what you think legislation might be and what the impact would be on farmers. <clears throat> the, the approach to controlling nutrient runoff now has been all voluntary. They tell the farmers, if you implement these practices, there'll be less runoff into the lake and the lake will improve. And that has not even come close to happening at this point. And people are tired of waiting at this juncture. So they want something more stringent implemented and see agriculture saying that can't happen. Uh, they, they, the po- politicians don't have that kind of power. Well, actually, last night at 11 o'clock, something very similar to that did happen because an appellate court basically has now shut off the use of a particular herbicide because US EPA gave approval to it. And they're still having tremendous problems with it. So the use of that herbicide has totally been stopped. See, and that is something that could actually happen in nutrient legislation also. An appellate court could say, we are not, we are still seeing too much loss of phosphorus into water. This will change as of right now. They will do it differently. You will use less just like they can't use this particular herbicide anymore. So uh, farmers have to realize that the demand from society has gone up quite significantly. And the legislative part of it, uh, they'll just bypass it and go right to the courts, and the courts will rule on this. And that's where the problem will start to arise for guys. So if there's gentlemen right now that have soybeans that are genetically modified for this compound, and they're not allowed to use this particular compound. So the same thing could happen in agriculture. They want to put on this much phosphorus, and they're not going to be allowed to do that. That can physically be done by the court system. So this could be very detrimental to farmers' incomes, to our food supply, all of that, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. To try to clean up because the water is higher on the list. <clears throat> you only have to remember one thing. You can live three weeks without eating. You can only live three days without drinking. And we talk about oxygen. You only got three minutes and you run out of oxygen. You got a problem. So food is really on a lower echelon than actually water is. So the need for water is going to be much more important. 
I know, you know, it's been a constant discussion about the water issues we've had here in Lake Erie. Um, Zach, you, I know that you guys have a connection to Lake Erie in Canada too. So what what is your experience um, with, with Lake Erie in Canada and all the algal blooms and issues that we're having? Uh, it's recognized up here on a public level, recognized as being a problem. On a policy level, it's at least right now, taken less seriously than it is in the States. Uh, I think that's partially because uh, the it's less visual up here or less, uh, it's not seen as much. Most of the population does not live around Lake Erie. Even if it is in the most populated part of the country, most of those people live in the GTA or in London, KW, uh, places like that. And it's largely viewed as an American problem. Because America has a lot of large urban centers that drain into Lake Erie, because it has the larger population, people it's easy for people to pass the blame off onto the Americans who are, like, they're the primary polluters, not Canada. Um, the good thing that's come about from that is that we don't have yet any hardcore legislation trying to get farmers to, to uh, apply fewer nutrients. And to be clear, I think farmers could apply fewer nutrients in a better way, but I don't want that to come through legislation because one size fits all doesn't fit all. And so I don't know if that will come up here. Canada does have a reputation for simply following in the United States footsteps with a lot of things. So if hardcore legislation is passed down in some of the border states, Michigan, Ohio, Pennsylvania, New York, then we might see that up here as well. Do, do you both both of you think that um, people are farmers are looking for a solution, looking for something to prepare for this? They're expecting that legislation could be passed and they're trying to fix it. Or do you think they're just hoping that it wouldn't be passed? Where's their mindset? They're they're hoping that it won't happen. But there are so many things that are happening that they are getting a little more concerned about it. There's always been this attitude in agriculture that because we produce food, we're essential and we're untouchable. And uh, we're finding out that that isn't, isn't the case. And this um, legislation against the particular herbicide is pretty well proving that, in my opinion. And that's going to reverberate through all the industry. Uh, right now, the people in the field are telling us that uh, the comments, even though this just happened last night at 11 o'clock our time, uh, people everywhere in the Corn Belt are talking about it constantly, constantly. So I think uh, farmers are realizing that it's a whole different uh, atmosphere or thought process. Is is farming in um, Canada very similar to the way it is in the U.S., that they're using uh, maybe excess fertilizer that's just running off? Or do you think, Zach, maybe you guys don't have that issue as much in Canada? Uh, this The culture up here around farming is a little bit different. I do think Canadian farmers don't hold as closely to the idea that high inputs equals high outputs, but that idea is still there. They're still using too much, just maybe not to the degree that a lot of U.S. farmers are. That makes sense, yeah. Um, so, so I do think it is a problem up here. It's just perhaps less of a problem. 
So do you think that farmers in Canada are looking for a solution or do you think they're feeling pretty comfortable and and unconcerned about um, water pollution and that legislation would be passed? Uh, Farmers up here typically are weary of most legislation, so they would be wary of that. (laughs) But a lot of them, it really depends on the individual. You're going to meet lots of guys who are concerned, who recognize that they don't need to be using as much as they are, but you're going to meet lots of guys that don't think that way either. It's it's the individual. For sure. For sure. The process, in my opinion, is we have they have to be shocked to where they think it is a concern, and then they'll start to think about, maybe I ought to try to figure out mm-hmm. a different way to do this and just not the status quo. Yeah, like I think the better way of of going after, so to speak, farmers on this issue is not to focus so much on the legislation, but more on the the economics of it and the waste. Um, because it's clear that they are using too much nutrition. It's being lost a lot. So it's being applied in an inefficient and unavailable manner. So there are different ways that we can approach this problem rather than just the legislative, even the environmental one, because that doesn't always speak to guys either. But thankfully, this can be approached in many ways, economic, responsibility, environmental, socially. Yeah. So when you guys are talking to farmers, how, how do you present this? You know, do they bring up this issue with you? Do you do they not talk about it? They they don't talk about it directly because they've got a lot of problems and they just don't want to discuss another particular problem. Uh, what. I feel is the issue is that society is talking about it. And so if they want to stay in their operation long term, that's a that's an issue that has to come to the table, has to be discussed. Is there other ways of doing it? And, you know, with our uh, company, we've been in business, you know, 67 years and we've got guys that have been using it three and four generations so it has viability. So if they are interested, we've got options that they can look at to get ready for this type of thing. If this eventually does come into existence, they won't be paralyzed with fear. So it's like these guys that are going to lose this herbicide, they're in a world of hurt now. They don't know what their next move is going to be. And see, we're advocating to farmers if that happens in nutrients We've got some options for you. You just have to tinker with it and see how it works for you. If it works, now you've got another option. All right. Well, thank you both for your input and and sharing your knowledge and, you know, getting together and talking about all these issues because they are very important and um, good to see how different people view them. So thank you for your time. Thank you.